All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Bootcamp Blueprint, the place where personal trainers can learn how to grow their bootcamp and social media. Here's your host, Travis Matern. G'day guys, Travis here from Fitness Education Online and thank you for joining me today on this live edition of the Bootcamp Blueprint Podcast. I've got a very special guest here with me today, uh, someone that came highly recommended to us to chat to from both our, our previous Women's Summit and then also from our upcoming Seniors Summit tomorrow. Uh, we've got Dr. Wendy Sweet. So Dr. Wendy Sweet, has a literal PhD in women's health, or I mean, I'm, I'm sure you'll outline the the specific uh, PhD that you have. But I would also say that you've got a figurative PhD in business and marketing based on your online program that you've been putting together and you've had uh, running for a little while, which is My Menopause Trans, uh, Transformation. Is that correct? The correct mm -hmm. title there. Uh, thank you very much for joining me today, uh, Wendy. Thank you very much for giving up a bit of time. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for being here. You're very welcome. That's great to it's great to be um, invited. So thank you for setting it all up and, and getting me organised to come on board. Yeah, no, absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure. Now, Wendy, do you want to give everyone a little bit of an introduction to yourself? I, my introductions are always a bit. I feel like they're always a bit ordinary. I feel like I could do a bit better. But do you want to give everyone a little bit of an introduction to yourself? Sure. Well, since I'm um, talking to uh, you lovely people across the ditch and hi to those who have joined, uh, joined live, um, my, you know, you, you very kindly shared uh, some of my uh, education background, but really I started like many, many people in the fitness industry, gosh, over, over 30 years ago working as an aerobic instructor. I was uh, nursing in ICU at the time. And then I retrained in my 20s and did a degree in physical education at Otago University. So that brought me to Auckland, to um, the mighty Les Mills World of Fitness. And, and that's when Philip Mills uh, brought the very first personal training programs into New Zealand. So uh, I have the title here in New Zealand of uh, being the very first uh, personal trainer in New Zealand. No, no and pioneering the industry, pioneering a lot of the fitness education courses. And I grew the personal training um, around New Zealand and worked very closely with many colleagues, set up the registration system and the education programs and all sorts of things. And, um, and I had thousands of trainers working for me here in New Zealand uh, throughout all of the Les Mills gyms. So, so I guess, you know, the, the academic lines up with the, um, the good old school of life as oh, wow. well. So that's kind of my practical background. I left there a number of years ago, obviously, and that's what led me towards academia. Uh, I was invited to um, work at the uh, Faculty of Health, Sport and Human Performance uh, to lecture in a range of topics from exercise and sport physiology to nutrition to health to all, all sorts of things. So I did that for a number of years and, and at the time that segued very nicely into doing my master's um, uh, project where I interviewed personal trainers all around New Zealand and did the very first um, study on behaviour change in our industry. So I interviewed all of the leading personal trainers who at the time were had been the pioneers of the industry because I was very interested in um, really uh, understanding a lot of the psychology of change. But that's another whole interview, Travis, so you can put that one aside. <laughs> yeah, wow. um, and not many people know that about my 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 masters which is absolutely relevant to what i do now and then over the next decade i um was uh continuing lecturing doing a lot of uh work and consulting in the industry and i was um my my supervisor was the same as my 
masters and he said to me he kept hounding me to say right what are you going to do with your phd what are you going to do with your phd and at the time i was attending one of the big um, ursa conferences up in san francisco and i heard a very i was sitting in i was there from an education perspective and i was sitting in a forum with about 30 of the main players in america from the american council of exercise and american college of sports medicine and all of those organizations and the head of um, Curves International at the time uh, was speaking and she made a very curious statement which sat with me the entire uh, flight from LA back to Auckland and that was there's something going on with women's health. Women over the age, women between the age of 45 to 55 are the highest demographic to join our clubs. She had 10,000 clubs throughout America and Canada but they're the first to leave. And what piqued my interest was that just a month before I had been in Melbourne attending uh, or presenting at the um, World Health Organization conference on, activate, on, on healthy aging. And I heard the same, um, I heard a, a fantastic presentation by Professor Wendy Brown um, from, um, your side of the ditch and of course the uh, as some of the trainers may know the Australian women's um, women's longitudinal health studies have been going on for 30 years and as part of her presentation she was talking about this huge drop-off in women's exercise or physical activity participation so we're not talking about just gyms but physical activity mm. participation in their late 40s and early 50s so it was a curiosity that really sat with me there were two on both sides of the pacific ocean you know there was someone saying from a from a practical perspective that that this particular demographic um you know, they were really struggling to understand how to uh, work with women in their, in their early 50s. And then here in Australia, there was a presentation um, from the de from the demographers and the public health policy people saying, we've got this issue going on with women over the age of 50. We've got, you know, huge problems with metabolic syndrome and obesity and, um, and physical activity participation. And so I talked to my supervisor and said we don't have those statistics in New Zealand but from my experience I too have seen you know I was in my early 50s and I said I've seen a lot of women leave the gym you know that, that I was attending um, so he convinced me to do my PhD in this area so my PhD was was traveling the length of New Zealand talking to women between the ages of 50 and 60 about um, not only the meaning of exercise to them but um, that connection between exercise and health so that led me down a path towards um, exactly what Professor Wendy Brown was saying in Australia which was that a number of women whom I was interviewing were saying exactly the same thing, that they weren't coping with the type of exercise that was being presented in the fitness industry around boot camps, around high intensity training. Their joints were sore, they weren't sleeping, they were, you know, they, they were feeling pressured to do um, types of exercise that were typically came out of the CrossFit industry, um, but have been developed for athletes. So that mm. led me on this, but none of them mentioned menopause. And, um, and at the time, I was the same. And of course, my PhD was a socio-cultural um, exploration. So I you know, as I looked back on the fitness industry and, and my generation, I mean, I'm 60 now, but um, my generation were the first to pioneer the fitness industry. So we're the first generation to go into a changing hormonal environment, as are the men, you know, I'm not excluding men, I'm just, you know, Different positioning myself yeah, right. in, this, yeah. in this area. Um, so we're the first generation to come through the modern fitness industry in terms of the context of the type of exercise that is being um, portrayed for women in their late 40s and early 50s who are going into a very complex hormonal environment that is actually as complex as pregnancy. And, um, and so the data around the world shows that this is a very um, vulnerable time for women 
And, uh, you know, I argued in my PhD defence, um, having come out of the education industry and knowing that not once over the last decade have I taught anything about menopause um, to fitness uh, practitioners. And, um, and so I argued in my PhD that we've become forgotten uh, as the first generation of women to come through into this life stage. And it's intriguing because when you look at the literature and when you understand the sports participation literature, of course, there's a lot of marketing from the fitness industry and the sports participation, which is around masters sports and high intensity sports and everything. So, so there's this portrayal um, that that's the type of exercise that we need to do. And if you think back about your own education and, and if trainers who are listening think back about how they were educated, a lot of it is around um, exercise and sport physiology and exercise and sport, you know, prescription, mm. which has come out of athlete performance. So, so, so it's not around health. So, uh, basically, that's where I've ended up. I've ended up um, really uh, identifying with um, women who are entering a stage of life where um, the body changes and therefore our tolerance to exercise changes. So that was kind of where my PhD yeah, wow. left me. And then as I was uh, working, um, you know, there was a, I was at the time working at the University of Waikato in, in Hamilton, and there's been a lot of research around hormonal health for athletes. There's a lot of fantastic athlete research that comes out. And of course, there was just some exploration around female athletes and overtraining syndrome and, and you know, all of these things that we know about with the younger demographic. And I was saying, wow, a lot of their symptoms are the same that, you know, the, the women are telling me around um, how they're feeling. <laughs> and, in their, in their 50s, you know, hot flushes and, and um, sore muscles and sore joints and stress fractures and not sleep, insomnia and, you know, mood swings and all those sorts of things. And it's exactly the same that we see in younger female athletes who wow. are um, overtraining and not having enough energy. And, I and so it kind of led me down this, it was a bit like a braided river, you know, it led me down this path around thinking that a lot of the... Um, symptoms for women who are high, you know, who are doing a lot of exercise. So they're kind of coming into a vulnerable hormonal environment. They're doing a lot of exercise because that's what we've always done. Um, yeah. And, um, and but as you come into this hormonal environment, it actually and when women aren't sleeping, then of course, as we know, um, as all trainers know, then that tips you into um, worsening symptoms and adrenal fatigue and all sorts of problems. But a lot of women weren't identifying that with this and, uh, you know, and doing a lot of um, high intensity activity. And also I include heavy weight training in that when they're not sleeping. Because if they're not sleeping, they're not healing and repairing. So they're increasing cortisol and stuff. So, so there was a lot of different things that came on board around this particular demographic. So I decided to leave the university, put my peg in the sand and say, I'm going to work with this demographic. And, you know, my passion has always been enabling and empowering women to, um, you know, resolve their symptoms, sort out their health and then get back into exercise. So really that's kind of been the, the, the segue that, that has led me to understanding this demographic more and, and really just focusing on, um, I, I, I do have an exercise program, but, but I've really got a health um, renewal program um, and uh, follow a lot of the lifestyle medicine approaches for that. And, um, and so I've got uh, 12 week courses that I sell to women in 30 countries around the world. Oh, wow. Um, and and it, it, it helps them to reduce all of their menopause symptoms. And for I've got different programs, um, three three main core programs. Um, and I separate women into they're thinner and leaner, um, and having lots of symptoms, or they're overweight and therefore developing, you know, the the types of um, cardiac changes 
and uh, metabolic syndrome that are associated with um, being overweight. And then I've got an exercise program, which women then go on and do. So um, so that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts of where I'm at. But it's oh, all wow. positioned in women's healthy aging research. And the, the, uh, the foundation is, is that uh, as we come through menopause, um, which is the cessation of, of periods, and which happens in midlife, and midlife, the World Health Organization designate midlife as, as halfway between a, a half of the life expectancy of the country you live in. So, of course, right. that differs so around the world. So, around New Zealand and Australia, the, the average life expectancy for Ooh. most of the well, um, mid midlife, I'm saying, would be 40. Yeah, midlife, for around 45, 43 to 45. So a lot of women don't understand that as their as their hormones are starting to change around that time, that has an incredible effect on muscle and an incredible effect on cardiac health and an incredible effect on um, their uh, their liver and their their gut. So um, so if they if they continue to uh, exercise in ways that they've always done for the last 20 years when they've had estrogen then that can set up some some problems um, so really that's where where I'm coming from in oh, wow. terms of um, in terms of that yeah Beautiful. so so I've positioned um, uh, my programs in that that transition from uh, mid 40s right through to menopause and um, just for the for the listeners, um, women are in menopause when they're when they've finished their reproductive years, and that's around about fifty one years old, and then they're in post menopause from around uh, about a year after their their periods have stopped for a year or more. So women spend the next thirty years, <laughs> ideally, in post menopause, and we're not targeting that area in terms of the exercise industry, and so I'm very passionate about that because there's a lot of trainers that are getting it wrong and therefore overtraining women when they're not sleeping um, and moving them into a lot of heavy strength training when one of the main changes that occurs when women uh, go into postmenopause is that they lose their type 2B fibres. Um, and they lose estrogen and because there's estrogen in our joints and our tendons we're losing those estrogen receptors so I've taken all of those different areas where there's changes in estrogen and married those up against lifestyle solutions for yeah. women yeah so much to unpack there <laughs> so one of the things that um so you, you mentioned that the amount of women dropping out from uh, exercise programs or fitness or activity mm. is dramatic. Now, I'm assuming that's compared to men. Is that what, what just that metric was that comparing to men, comparing oh, to I just lost you? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry, could you? Was that just comparing to men? Yeah, so the exercise yeah. drop off that you, you mm. mentioned at that age group, I'm assuming it was it's much larger than, than, say, comparing to men. Well, I'm actually not sure about the men's research in Australia because I've just been I've just followed the Australian um, longitudinal women's studies, but it would be an interesting one to mm. explore. And here in New Zealand, you know, yes, when when you look at fitness, the, the the physical activity participation, so we're not just including the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. Then, um, and when you look at the World Health Organization statistics. We're, we're, we're failing. We're failing with the general population. And I think a lot of us who've been around the, you know, the scenes for a long time understand that. And when you actually drill down on the statistics, you know, New Zealand and Australia, you know, for women are sitting around over 50% of, of women doing exercise or being active. But when you drill down on the research, their interpretation of being active and our interpretation of doing enough from an exercise prescription perspective is quite different. Yeah. And when I drilled down on the New Zealand research, I was really, uh, I was really blown away that um, only 15% of this demographic go to a gym. Yeah. So, so, uh, so the it's it's interesting that we, um, you know, we've got 
uh, you know, and I always think it's really fabulous that we've got these opportunities to support um, men and, and women who are, who are coming through this life stage. Um, but it's about knowing how to support them and what to do and, and, and also understanding. I think the biggest, um, uh, the biggest uh, challenge or the greatest challenge for our industry is the fact that everybody's looking at things in isolation. You know, you might take a client through a session and you'll be, you know, the fitness industry is primarily about body image and, you know, muscle density and leanness and, and, and performance fitness. Um, and there's not many, uh, there's not a lot of interest in, you know, the, the rest of someone's life. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 you know, what's going on. So, and, and I think that there's a huge gap in the types of questions that, that we mm could be asking um, women especially, and, and I would include men in that. And, and it's interesting, anecdotally, I could probably run around the world doing my, seminar, doing my seminars with midlife men because they're, you know, they're losing testosterone and they, you know, for the ones who are putting on a lot of weight, then they're actually increasing estrogen. So they're going into completely the opposite hormonal environment from women at this life stage. So, um, and, and it's very interesting from a woman's perspective that uh, the start of the perimenopause in mid to late 40s is very different from postmenopause. So uh, the way you, uh, you know, the way women are exercising is, should be quite different because by the time they're postmenopause, all of their um, hormones, their reproductive hormones are low. And, and I'm not just talking about estrogen and progesterone, but of course, you know, follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone. So, um, so if there's a lot of male trainers that that you know are training women, then it's it's really um, fantastic to have some understanding of um, how to train them, and uh, especially at this life stage. Yeah. yeah. So, just just one thing I want to touch back on. You mentioned the. The other thing I want to just mention, uh, when, we've, when I've spoken to so many of the, the people from the women's health expert side of things, they all say that there's just not enough research on women and mm -hmm. all, all the research is just done on men and like young men and athletic men and there's nothing in women mm -hmm. and, and obviously what you're doing and what you've done with that other, uh, you know, with extending that research to women and women of, you know, like 40 and above it's obviously groundbreaking sort of stuff and there's not a lot of it out there. So, you know, yeah, it's amazing. Well, when, I, when I look at the research that I've been exploring, um, it's all from 2013, 2014. But mm. my, the hat I'm wearing is positioning menopause in ageing science. And that was the groundbreaking for me for, for the fact that if you think about what menopause is because I had all those symptoms as well I couldn't you know I was basically sitting on a spin bike at the gym I had to give up body attack I had to give up my spin class my step classes because I was too dizzy my joints were aching I couldn't run you know I wasn't sleeping and and of course a lot of women they go on HRT and antidepressants and all these kind of things and yet we're always told that exercise is so good for us but it was, you know, for, for millions of women around the world, it's actually more harmful for mm. us when we're not sleeping and when we've got sore joints. Um, so the fact that there's all these physical changes that go on is, is really important for trainers to understand. And so as I kind of unpacked, well, what is this life stage? What is going on? Um, remember, my PhD was about ageing. So I wanted to understand what was happening around aging. And of course, the, um, you know, the aging research has really only gone on for the last 20 years as the baby boomers have, have become older because, you know, the baby boomers, they're born from 1945 to 1964. So, you know, for those of us born in the early 60s, we're kind of at the, we're the last of the baby boomers to go into our aging, but we're the first of the fitness industry mm. people to go into our, you know, our early 60s. So there can't be a comparison made between the older baby boomers who are now in their 70s and 80s 
and what exercise they're doing. But that's where all the research sat. So putting putting menopause, saying what is this age, what is the stage of life that women are going through? Well, actually, it's the stepping stone into aging. And and as soon as I understood that and started to explore the changes that go on in the body when estrogen and progesterone and the master hormones in the pituitary gland are low and what are those physical changes well the greatest change is in cardiac health and the loss of estrogen receptors in the myocardium and of course you, when you look at the the aging research it is phenomenal around the, the, the biggest killer for New, for New Zealand, Australia, the UK and American women is heart disease. And you're going to go, well, why is that? Um, and then, this, then the thinner woman, you know, there's this kind of general perception that, you know, we all develop sarcopenia and then we develop osteoporosis. No, 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 no. For the bigger woman, for the stronger athletic woman, they're going to die from heart disease than osteoporosis, mm. which is more about a frailty thing. So a lot of the misconceptions, uh, there's a lot of misconceptions about what's going on. But when you actually look at our mother's generation and you say, wow, what is happening? What has happened with their health? Then that gives us a bit of a, a, a bit of an insight into, into where we're heading as well. So mm. we're arriving in midlife with different expectations about how we age and but not understanding um, what to do and and so that was really what I grasped onto so for example um, you know cardiac health is absolutely phenomenal and if you follow the work of Professor Tanaka um, who's been looking at healthy aging for years uh, it's all about um, vascular stiffness and the loss of estrogen in our blood vessels and of course, as our as we lose estrogen in our blood vessels, then we end up. It's very common in, in medicine uh, to know about vascular stiffness and loss of elasticity in our endothelial tissue. So, if we take that kind of um, uh, knowledge and we say, well, how does this affect the exercise response for women who are moving through menopause? and going into post-menopause, then you follow the woman's health research, which is all about improving vascularity, improving, um, reducing that, that resistance in the arteries, managing blood pressure, and doing aerobic exercise. And so therefore, that, you know, that kind of really goes against all of the anaerobic exercise that, that is being focused on in the fitness industry. But when you follow the woman's health research and you follow the Framingham Heart Studies, then we only need to do vigorous exercise once or twice a week mm. because it's taking us longer to recover. Um, so I just get, you know, really passionate about the fact that um, it's it's really important to understand the physiology, to understand the, 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 the physical changes that are occurring, um, particularly in the myocardium, particularly around our blood vessels, and then um, particularly around uh, the changes to the liver. As women move into post-menopause, which is around about their mid-50s, um, you know, they're a little bit later if they've had children a bit later, then um, the, the liver changes in structure and function. We lose 20% of our gallbladder act um, uh, bile production. Our liver reduces in size by up to 25%. Well, good luck with that keto diet with all those fats. Mm. Um, and the keto diet is the best thing for me because they all end up on my program, which follows the Mediterranean diet. Um, you know, because their liver's too fatty and their liver isn't able to handle all those fats at that particular point in time. You know, it's getting very good research. Um, same with paleo around young men and, and athletes and younger people and, and even over 65 um, but there's this particular vulnerability around the changes that the body's trying to make as, as part of its natural aging. And we're kind of resisting that with a lot of the practices that we have in the fitness industry. Yeah. Something, uh, something you've touched on a, a bunch of times is, is the importance of sleep. And so I've been, I've been mm. working through, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. 
yes. Yeah, so I've been, yeah, so I've been working through that book recently. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously the knowledge and the importance of sleep is coming more and more uh, common, commonplace, mm -hmm. I suppose, or, or common Absolutely. understanding. Mm -hmm. you, you've mentioned that women from, you know, that pre-menopause or perimenopause through to menopause have issues sleeping. Are there mm. any sort of practical strategies that you might be able to share with us or with our audience of, you know, like simply how to improve a little bit of sleep? <laughs> okay. Well, sleep hygiene. Big, yeah. Yeah. But it's not about the hygiene. It's about the food. Um, and the reason, and, and, you know, even in Matthew Walker's book, there's, there's very little research that's focused on women in menopause. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, and, and the same with, you know, Michael Mosley's book as well. And that's what I, I really, you know, if there's one message I want to say to trainers, whether in New Zealand or Australia, is read research and listen to research cautiously because it needs to be applicable to your demographic. I don't look at anything now that's been researched on men. Mm. I'm, you know, and that's not a gender. It's not a, a gender thing. It's just it's, it makes I don't, sense. It's not you know, my audience. It's not my audience. Not my demographic. And um, and so that's where I really come from. So in terms of sleep, um, what you know, the big thing is turning around circadian rhythm, obviously, and 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 that's a really important part of it. But when you add in the the changes in hormones. So as we age, so instead of using the word menopause, I'm going to use the word aging. As we age, we, 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 we don't produce as much melatonin. So that's a given. Okay. So really what we're doing is we're, we're trying to improve melatonin production. Melatonin gets you off to sleep, but, it's, um, uh, but what keeps you asleep is actually, you know, adenine and adenosine. So, so we've got to... Um, change women's habits before they go to bed. And yes, the low blue light glasses and, you know, you've got Dave Leo doing stuff over there in Australia. Um, that's really important. Getting off technology is really important. A lot of women are on technology all day. We're the demographic that are sitting in offices as secretaries and being on computers all the time. So how are they going to do that you know, when they're finishing work at home because they've got so much on in, in the home and they're running around after kids and everything else. So those things are really, really important. But the biggest thing is insulin. Um, insulin negates the production of melatonin. So I'm going to give you one secret from my programs. Um, and, and that is that insulin leading up to bedtime needs to be really low. So women need to be eating by six o'clock and they need to get off high amounts of protein, of animal protein at night. Um, not only because the fact that that, because their gut changes as they lose estrogen, and therefore that slows down their digestive system. So they're not, if you're going to have a big steak and, a, and food that's intended for men um, at that time, of, you know, late at night, eight to nine o'clock at night, that steak is still being processed at three o'clock in the morning and women are heating up. Mm. So my question is, why are they waking up? And you talk to, you talk to thousands of women um, and it's all about having hot flushes and night sweats. Why are they getting hot flushes and night sweats? Because that's a survival mechanism that their body is overheating. Why is their body overheating? It's because their thyroid is, is overheating and um, there's a lot of, you know, the thermogenic response with food. is <laughs> So they're eating too much at dinner. They're eating the wrong type of food and they're going to bed. Um, uh, if they've exercised at night, then cortisol negates melatonin. So you want cortisol to be low at night. A lot of women, that's the only time that they're exercising is in the evening. They're going for a run or they're doing high intensity activity. I was going to say, would that, would that depend on the type of exercise specifically as well? Absolutely. Doing, they need to do calming exercise yeah. at night. Yep, yep. So that's the, the evening when they can do the yoga, the yoga and mm. Pilates and body balance and, and all that sort of thing. Um, but if they're going to do high intensity, then that needs to be in the morning when cortisol is, is high. Um, so so there's the, I guess, you know, when I look at the programs I run, it's, it's not just one thing. Um, and yeah, course, I yeah. always look at things in the context of women's lives. I've had, you know, I've had 
so many personal trainers from New Zealand and Australia do my programs um, because um, they don't understand what is happening as they're coming into this life stage. And, and we're the first generation to come through this life stage in terms of um, the type of jobs and careers that we have as well. So, so that's been really fascinating. And the hardest thing that, that these women have to do is give up teaching body pump at seven o'clock at night or six o'clock at night. Mm. Or if they do, they've got to focus on recovery. And recovery is not about protein powder when you're going through menopause. Recovery is about those beautiful blood vessels and dilating them and getting nitric oxide in there. So I get them on beetroot and celery and those foods that deliver plant-based nitric oxide. Um, so, you know, you can have protein an hour, an hour later with, you know, a little bit of soup or bone broth soup or something like that because it's got to be easily digested. So these women are coming into, um, and I'm, you know, just focusing on the personal trainers because we, we, we kind of um, understand where they're coming from. And they've, they've had these wonderful, you know, careers and jobs where they're still seeing clients in the evening or they might be teaching classes or, um, you know, but they're still dealing with their own fatigue issues and they're not understanding how their body is changing and what is going on physiologically in a low estrogen environment. But the big one is joints. So um, joint health. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, again, <laughs> tons in there as well. I, I think we'll go one more before I want to transition into your program and like the sort of business aspect of your program a little bit. Just mm -hmm. uh, one more sort of question before we head that way. Mm -hmm. You mentioned about the questions uh, trainers potentially should be asking their clients. Now, mm. for trainers who are listening in, we, as I said, we, we've had the Women's Summit and we had some, one of the presentations was the 10 questions you should be asking your women, your female mm. clients. If you had a couple of like questions that you would recommend trainers asking their aging clients, mm -hmm. uh, what, what would be one of the two, one, you know, one or two key questions that they should be asking? Mm, okay, well, just off the top of my head, I've got three, okay? Three the first do. one, okay, the first one is, what have you done over the last 25, 30 years? And I really want trainers to understand that we and me, I'm 60, I was the very first personal trainer in New Zealand. We are the first generation to age in the context of the fitness industry. So we're carrying that identity into our 50s, our late 40s and 50s. And that identity might sit with the fact that they're doing a lot of exercise. Does that make sense? Um, so trainers need to understand the, 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 the kind of identity of the woman. I mean, I've done Ironman twice. I've done lots of cycling. I've taught for years. I, you know, helped pioneer body pump. Da, da, da. I took that identity into my aging, into my 50s, but I wasn't sleeping. My joints were sore and I was exhausted because I was also running around after two busy athletic children and running a household and lecturing and blah, 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 you know. So I think the biggest thing that, that I want to say to all trainers around the world is a woman's life beyond exercise matters to the exercise results. So that's number one. What have you done? What identity are you carrying into this stage of your life? Because the trainer needs to work with untangling that identity, you know? She still thinks she's a, a marathon runner, but her joints are sore. And about, so she's going out running because that's what she loves. That's always how done. she's coped. Yeah, and that's what came through my PhD. I talked to the woman and I said, what is the identity that you're bringing into the stage of life? And every one of them had been active all their life, which is a big tick. However, they were carrying a lot of old injuries. They were carrying a lot of, um, you know, oh, I, I have to exercise like this, or I always have to exercise really hard and da-da-da-da-da. And the answer was, no, you don't, mm. because um, your joints are sore, you're not sleeping, and your body is in survival mode, and it's in distress because of what you're doing. So that's number one. The second one, which goes back to what you were saying before, Travis, which, which is, are you sleeping? 
because if she, she's not sleeping, I want trainers to understand the physiology of healing and the immune system. And if trainers are not familiar with that information, then go and read up about it because you need to be understand. You need to understand how we grow muscle, and and it's not even about how we grow muscle at our age. It's you know we kind of give up on that, but it's about how do we how do we stay healthy and what happens overnight. And you talked about Matthew Walker's book. The single most thing that happens between two o'clock and four o'clock in the morning is that our immune system heals. Well, if you're not sleeping between two o'clock and four o'clock, which millions of women aren't, you are not healing and you're not recovering. So don't go and train them with heavy weight training because they're not repairing their actin and myosin overnight. And they haven't got the ability to grow actin and myosin because they're in a low estrogen environment. So back off the intensity, you know, and, and the load until they're sleeping. Sleep is the absolute priority because if they're not sleeping, they're going to get injured. And what was my third question? Um, <clears throat> the third question would be, so there was a bit about their background and their identity and um, uh, their sleep. Oh, I know. It's about the future, you know. They're entering a hormonal environment which is allowing their body, which is, is a normal process of biological aging. Same for guys, okay? And the question I would be saying is, you know, over the next five years, how do you want to age healthily? And it's about get rid of that word fitness and get rid of that word exercise and start using the word health. Because what I want to do, you know, is quite different from what you might want to do. You know, I still want to ski. I want to hike. I want to be functional. I don't, you know. The, the true term of functional fitness, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And in my PhD, this resonated so much because every single woman from Whangarei to Invercargill, not one of them knew each other. Every single woman had placed... Um, healthy aging in two things. One, every single one of them said, I don't want to age like my mother. Mm. Because that was that was that's the, the, the medical paradigm and the the decline in aging is the dominant um, kind of you know image that mm. they see. They see their mothers, they've look they're looking after aging parents and they go, Wow, I don't want to go and do that. And yet, so they go and join the gym or do whatever they do. And then what happens? They're trained in a way that is making their joints more sore. Or they're not losing weight and they're doing all these things. Um, and every single one of them said that they expected their personal trainer to have that information around healthy aging. Mm. Well, it's that's not fitness, performance fitness or CrossFit or boot camp and stuff. So so really, that's that's... Three questions. Love it. Absolutely love yeah. it. That's a, mm. I mean, that's a wealth of knowledge there for anyone uh, looking to train seniors in, in that space, anyone who is going through that themselves. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, a wealth of knowledge there. Mm. Uh, so thank you for sharing all of that so far. What I want to try and transition to a little bit here <clears throat> is that business side of things that you're doing now with your 12-week online um, program or online mm. you know, uh, transformation challenge that you yeah. have or however it's yeah. technically termed it's, it's it's something that when we talk about so we often tell people to run some online stuff and <laughs> and offer online options but one thing we get from people who are working with aging adults my clients won't do online my clients don't want that they want hands-on stuff they want to be face-to-face -face. i'd love to hear how you've built such a hugely successful product mm. focusing on a demographic which is classically not thought of as wanting to be part of online fitness or online uh, programs? Mm. Mm. Well, the first thing is I took away the word fitness. People hate the word fitness. It, it invokes pain, not mm. pleasure. So I don't use, use the word fitness. So what I did was I... Um, I developed, uh, I, I, you know, the, any business says it's about solving a problem. So what was the problem I solved? The problem was women feeling that, 
they're not coping and, and not coping with menopause. So that was the thing that I put into place using the lifestyle medicine and using the healthy aging science so um, and around women's health. So the first thing I did was developed a, um, a, a program whereby I just thought, wow, you know, we've got so much, the research is starting to emerge, but it's not getting out into the public yeah. arena. So the first thing I did was um, also put uh, put my head in the fact that I'm an educator. So I didn't think of, I, you know, my identity with being a personal trainer is gone. No, that's gone. So I'm an educator. So what do I do? I run courses. So I put together a 12-week course and um, it's a progressive delivery. So it's, it's there's a member-only area. Um, I guess, you know, to be honest, I had a lot of knowledge that, I was, yes, I was presenting conferences and things, but um, I really wanted to sell my knowledge. So the first thing I did was said, well, I'm not selling fitness. You know, those days are gone. In fact, I over lockdown, I employed a, um, you know, an aerobic instructor to put together some classes for me and, and all that sort of thing. But I put together a 12-week program whereby I'm walking women through their changing um a hormonal environment and turning around the, the last 30 years. So the, the program is very much based on reducing inflammation. So it starts with a sleep module and then and a, for the my for example for the weight loss ladies it's there's a module called are you estrogen dominant. So in that is the solutions that they need to put into place right from clearing out their pantry and da da da. So behind the member area is where people find me so um uh, and it's not every day it's all pre-recorded it's all you know um it's it's uh, there's, there's modules there's webinars there's videos there's handouts and so i spent a lot of time developing yeah. the content and i put myself behind the paywall so that was the that was the first thing and i've been going for five years now i've got ninety thousand women around the world on my on my database and I had to, um, uh, the, the, the knowledge I needed was digital marketing um, because, yeah. you know, I got enough fitness knowledge for all of those people and, um, you know, and my woman's health knowledge. So the program, the trainers can have a look at the website. It's called My Menopause Transformation. I think for 13 or 14 Australian dollars, I've put my masterclass on menopause online. So that's available for them to um, to buy as well under the program link. But essentially it's a 12-week program. It's progressive. Um, so every two weeks you get a module and the expectation is you sit and listen. It's a one-hour webinar. And then I tell you what to put into action for the next two weeks. Women can email me anytime and um, and I have a private coaching community. I've got over a thousand active women in there from all around the world at the moment. So it's been interesting during lockdown. And in that private coaching community, I put up about three or four posts a week. I um, I uh, as I say, you know, during lockdown all my posts were about uh, our lungs and aging and, and all the research around immune health and nutrition. So I'm, I'm driving content and in the yeah. digital marketing world, that's what you do. Um, in terms of getting the database, and I'm working with a wonderful Australian um, business coach who's got nothing to do with the fitness industry. So I really stepped out of the fitness industry to find the right people. Um, Would you mind giving that person a plug? Uh, yeah, Sonia, Sonia Keenan from um, Digital Marketing. She runs Digital Marketing Down Under. There's a big conference, an online virtual conference coming up. And, um, and Son Sonia uh, Keegan? Keenan, Keenan from yeah Omni Marketing Group. She's yes, in Maruchi um, Door. Yeah, um, but anyway, so I embraced the fact that you use Facebook ads to uh, to get a database. I've got a menopause symptoms quiz, which goes to all the the five main English speaking countries. So it goes to Australia, uh, New, Ze New Zealand, Australia, Canada, the UK and Ireland. So I've I've got ads, symptoms quiz ads. We're generating um, emails uh, there and growing my database by about nine or 10,000 a month at the moment. Um, and 
uh, and then there's email campaigns that I drive. But the other big thing I do is I put out a weekly newsletter so trainers can subscribe to that. And I have a Wednesday, and when it came to lockdown, I started a Wednesday briefing. And in those newsletters, which are basically um, all, all automated, I, I write articles. I was just doing one before we came on board, which was about postmenopause and um, and magnesium and uh, and so I'm really driving really great content and and so that's mm. the kind of the philosophy I use so so when we do it my biggest campaigns are in January where I do a weight loss program so um, uh, with the January just gone um, I was in uh, so I was in Canada and I was in Switzerland <laughs> and not 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 because my son was competing over there skiing but um but you know we were we just had a huge campaign so we onboarded onboarded over 300 women um yeah so and even now with with the lockdown I you know I I um, took a hundred dollars off my program put together a joint health module a gut health module so and put my masterclass online um, and that masterclass is selling around the world for 15 New Zealand dollars at the moment so yeah. so it's been really exciting but um, I think what trainers have got to understand it it takes a long time and you know my issue was that I was aging in the fitness industry. I, I don't want to do face-to-face -face, um, clients. That wasn't where I was heading. Um, I wanted to sell knowledge around women's health. I've also got an exercise program, a 12-week exercise program. There's videos in there that I've made um, and there's programs and really it is just a stepping stone. But the, my core product is actually the coaching groups, you know. Um, so I run these two different coaching groups. So, so is that uh, an ongoing thing after the 12-week program? Yeah, they pay a subscription. So I've got a subscription module as well. So they, they, they and, and the average um, length of time I keep them is um, about a year um, to a year and a half. I've got some ladies been on with me for three years. Right. Uh, so, um, so that's a paid subscription model as well. And those people would have come from one of your 12-week programs into that coaching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get there, they come on board, they buy the program, um, and uh, and then they come into that coaching community, and uh, and then you know I just say nothing's a problem because we all get behind. Mm. So I just say, look, it's I've put twelve weeks on it because that's what the fitness industry do. But if you can take twelve months. I don't yeah. care. So, and the other thing is, is that um, it's, you know, it's marketed as a self-learning program. So it's, it's there for them, but I'm here for their support. So, because once, they, you know, if you think about it, there's, uh, you know, a lot of women who aren't sleeping, got sore joints, um, you know, having lots of hot flushes and, and, and wanting to lose weight. Where do they go? <laughs> You know, to you evidently. <laughs> where do they go that someone is integrating everything? You know, the trainers don't talk about sleep. They don't talk about joints. The physios only talk about joints. So everyone's looking at symptoms in a silo. And and so a lot of these women, um, you know, it's uh, they just don't know where to go. So I'm basically solving, uh, helping them to solve their own problems. But my passion is getting them back into exercise, getting them back into the fitness industry, getting them back to the gym. Um, and and that's always been my my focus. So, yeah, so um, it's been phenomenal. And, and I've it. always, um, and I don't worry, I don't worry about what I can't control. So if they just look at the videos and don't do it, then um, you know, they, they, the, the big thing is getting them sleeping all night. Once I get them sleeping all night, then they're underway because that's the, that's the, the first catalyst. domino. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear what trainers are saying about this demographic, but you can't, you can't go into setting up an online program, um, worrying about that. You've got to go into it saying it is going to work. And that was the approach I took, mm. you know, um, so, so. It's it's phenomenal. Put in, you know. So one of the things last year. Yeah, wow, that's yes. amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Because it's been hard. It's been hard work, but my focus was was on yes, changing women's lives, but also about me. I wanted a, I wanted a job 
in my 60s that I could work anywhere in the world. And I love educating. So as part of that, I run, or before lockdown, um, you know, I've been over to Australia numerous times. I run public seminars. It's called my masterclass on menopause. So I'm presenting in New Zealand, Australia. And just before lockdown, I was over in the UK doing lecture Mm -hmm. tour for a month around the universities. Um, so that's been wonderful because I love to travel and I love to work. So, uh, I, you know, if, if trainers kind of step back from and think about, well, what do they want to be able to be doing over the next five to 10 years, mm-hmm. then how do they start that? How do they start those conversations and how can they gather education that's moving them into this health space? Because trainers are the best people to be, to become um you know in this space around health and not even healthy aging just health in general uh and and that's really where a lot of curricula uh you know has to lie so the next time you're in a conference on health give me a call yeah (laughs) because i have a lot to say yeah you know it's not about fitness fitness is one dimension of health and, and that's what we've got to understand yeah I think so taking away from that on the on the business side of things a couple of things that you know I, I've got that you're doing clearly is a giving a lot of value straight away yeah. before content. even signing people content. yeah giving content giving value a lot of trainers are so reluctant to give out their stuff because like oh, I don't want to give out my best stuff but it, that's how you build your audience uh, mm-hmm. two you've, you've gone off and got specific help from like digital marketer and or digital marketing mm-hmm. agencies and gone yep. and had someone support you and help you through those things. And the third one that you've done, which is find the problem and solve the problem for a niche, essentially. And yeah, those are sort of the big yeah. three key things that we always say to people. That you need all of those sort of pieces of the puzzle to help you get success and help you find success. Yes, and I think, Travis, and, and those listening, um, the other thing to say is, you know, you've. Uh, what do you want? What do you want to achieve in this big wide world that we can achieve, you know, whatever we like? And, and where do you want to be heading? But I think the other thing, um, uh, you know, which is really important is it, it's get into the understand what you don't know. I mean, if trainers are worried, uh, you know, the simplest thing that trainers could be doing right now is getting emails from every single client you know if you want this demographic then don't rely on messenger okay Mm. don't rely on text you have to get emails and start going to writing not not a writing course but look at ways you can write the story people the the greatest interest i mean i've got i use infusionsoft and customer hub i can give you any analysis on anything the number one stories that are in my newsletters that are that are opened, I can look at the open rate of all of my um, newsletters and my Wednesday briefing, is stories about other women just like them. And I was teaching that 25 years ago, you know. So so every every week, every Saturday morning, um, I have a, a newsletter with three articles in it that goes out to my database and every single that does not go out without a story about a woman <laughs> and um a woman just like them and and sometimes it's not even a success story it's a struggle story you know mm-hmm. and it's um it doesn't always have to be success so i think that that's you know i said to, i was presenting to the new zealand um fitness industry on during lockdown and i said you know the number one uh program or or course that i would want every trainer to do who want to get into this digital side is to do a writing course how do you write how do you write an article how do you write a newsletter and there is you know you've got to have really good uh content so um so i invite trainers jump onto my blogs um you know, there's so there's hundreds and hundreds of articles there um you know even if you're sharing other people's stuff but make sure you ask permission and make sure it's the right you know information and and everything else so um so really that's that's the starting point and every single trainer can do that they can start gathering emails and it doesn't have to be clients it can be from the local church or wherever it doesn't matter um but invite people to come on their newsletter 
and and even if they just write one little newsletter about you know about someone else it's not about them and it's about other people i i very rarely put myself at the front of what i do because it's not about you it's about them and they want to find people just like them and i think that that's the the danger in our industry is that a lot of trainers make it about them mm. um and you know if i see another trainer with his shirt off on facebook well that's the turn off you know um and so it's not about you it's not about your ripped abs it's not about your muscles it's about you know how johnny gets up at six o'clock in the morning and actually gets it you know gets to the gym and 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 what are you his doing little win, his thing. little success whatever it might be and and how you've got him sleeping all night yeah <laughs> so he can train he can train with energy and doesn't train tired yeah because he's a busy lawyer and he's got kids and he's got blah 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 so anyway yeah understanding how to tell a great story there's yeah. um we i remember we were over in the states and i think it was like a digital i think it was digital marketer convention and there was someone there who, who spoke about learning to learning the art of telling a story and yeah and telling i think telling your story is also important but yeah. also like just telling a good story about mm. a client and, and and writing and putting it down i think it's such an important message and mm. yeah there's been mm. There's been gold all throughout the last hour we've, we've gone here. It's already mm -hmm. gone an hour, so it's gone very quickly. Um, we do have people tuning in, uh, listening here with us. So what I might do is, uh, if anyone has a question listening right now uh, on the Zoom chat, if you want to put your camera on and ask Wendy a quick question, probably got a couple of minutes, and then we will, before we sign off here with Wendy as well. We'll give everyone a couple of seconds if they want to come on and ask a question anything we can ask it in the chat if you'd like as well give everyone a few seconds but wendy i think uh yeah there's so much that you've shared throughout this on not just the sort of you know i know you don't want me to use the fitness side you don't want to mm. use the word fitness but on the on the on the activity side on the exercise side on the health on the longevity mm. side of things and then on the flip side there on the business side of things which i think you know, just some really important messages there. So thank you very much mm, for mm. your time. It doesn't look like we've got any questions coming in from, from the people oh, tuning in, but I'm, I, but I'm sure they want to email me, they can. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was about to say it, but I'm sure they've enjoyed, I'm sure they've enjoyed your presentation. Uh, now for people who want to reach out and get in touch with you, uh, someone may be going, you know what? I, I've, I've got these symptoms. I can't sleep. I, mm. I, I need this help what's the best way for them to find out um, a little more i think that uh, the best thing is to jump on the website under the programs link uh, the very first link is the online masterclass on menopause i think it's only 15 new zealand dollars so it's about 13 australian dollars so it's a t it's nearly two hours you can pause it whenever you like have a listen to that and that will give you the the big picture stuff and then from there, if they've got questions, then um, uh, then that was that's the way to go. Someone's saying, "What's your website?" It's called My Menopause Transformation, and there's so many articles. Sign up to my newsletter; um, you can have a good look around it. Yeah, yeah. But just remember, it's not you know, it's 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 not overnight. And and I think that the best thing that trainers can do is just say, right, where do I want to be in five years' time? Do I want? Is the online environment for me? Does it fit in with my family? Is it? Do I want a bit of both? You know, I needed to travel the world. My son's on the New Zealand ski team, and um, you know, I just wanted to end my lecturing end working for a, you know in a workplace and um and just be you know just uh really share be what the, i know be the master of your own domain sort of thing and yeah yeah but also very passionate about um women at this stage of life yeah yeah and, I think and that's, passionate that's about thing. the fitness industry that's, that's the, a key that's you've got to have that passion yeah. you know you, yeah you can't be going out there selling something you don't believe in and mm. you know it's all mm. about passion it's all about quite often it's, it's usually about selling something that you've gone through yourself and selling something that you've been a yeah. part of and yeah and that's what that's what gets people to buy in quite often yeah and and for me personally it's it's also about the 
academia. You know, it's um, it's about positioning women's health and menopause and and postmenopause in the women's health science because, as you very rightly said, right at the start, we're a generation have been forgotten, uh, particularly around sport and exercise physiology. Um, and yet here we are. We're the pioneers of the industry. So, um, you know, we're, we're really not being caught up in, in, this, uh, in this environment. So, um, so yeah. So Beautiful. I've still got my academic hat on. <laughs> Absolutely love it, Wendy. Thank yeah. you. Thank you okay, so much for the welcome. time this afternoon. Uh, I hope there's lots of snow for you tomorrow. I hope you have oh, a great day. Be. Lots I think of powder. Of Ardern's coming to open the ski field. So yeah, lots of powder, blue skies, yeah. all that good, all that good stuff. Uh, thank That's you again one. for your time. Uh, it's been You're a welcome. real pleasure. Thank you, everyone, and thanks, Travis. Nice to see you. Cheers. Thanks, Wendy. Okay. Bye. Bye. If you liked the show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your boot camp, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.